Welcome back to Walking Our Path Together, a series of audio stories exploring Yukon College's reconciliation journey. Over the course of the series, we'll hear from people who are connected with the college and from people throughout the Yukon, elders, educators, community leaders, and youth. This is episode five, Sunrise. In 2008, Yukon College produced the Sunrise Report, which sought to establish a new framework for the college's relationship with First Nations. The report followed eight months of consultation. Its introduction reads, Sunrise is our opportunity to bring partners together in the constantly developing forum on how to address the needs of Yukon First Nations. It is a new beginning for us and a new path for our partners. In this episode, former directors of First Nation initiatives at Yukon College will share their stories of how the college has developed and the role of the Sunrise Report. John Burdeck was the first director of First Nation initiatives, and Elizabeth Bosley was one of the creators of the Sunrise Report. John Burdeck, retired. <laughs> he used to work at the college. I uh, used to work at Department of Fisheries and Oceans. He used to be chief or chairperson of TON, former assistant deputy minister with the territorial government. And uh, I was a director of the governance at the federal government. So I've got a, a varied background. I dealt with the college for quite a number of years, but um, when I came to work here, I came in as the, uh, the initial director of First Nation initiatives, uh, you know, at the senior management table. There wasn't a First Nation presence there for quite a number of years, you know, to a, a number of circumstances, personalities. I came in as a, a new to establish First Nation initiatives to bring a First Nation presence to the management table and to, you know, to assist them, the college with, uh, you know, a few changes that were, were hopefully coming along. At that time um, with the college, it was trying to convince the senior management, not all senior management, some were very supportive, some were very not supportive. Um, but but to convince them to include uh, the you know the First Nation perspective you know and, and it's not just a one on one of of uh, land claims or or First Nation history it was to try and infiltrate so to speak into all the programs and, and you know throughout the college so it's uh, um, it was a bit difficult at times you know um, but I think we made some progress you know. And the reason that, that I, you know, I saw the need was when I was chair of Taon, you know, I was sitting there and I was chair when we were uh, still a, a Indian Act man. We were, you know, f- finalizing the negotiations, finishing up the last 5%, which was the difficult part. And then we implemented, you know, we ratified it and Yahoo and, and Friday, Friday night we were Indian Act man and Monday we were self-governing First Nation. And I sat back in my chair, Yahoo, give me First Nation, self-government. And I looked around and I had 23 people that worked for Taon and this monumental task of implementing self-government, eh? 
and and you know so you really get get uh, faced with it, with the capacity and and how do we develop over the long term you know and you need everything here and so that was the, the beginning of it and I started working with Gary Umbrick worked for me at Ton and and he started talking about an executive development program to develop executive skills and and started putting that together and then and then I finished up at, at uh, Ton and moved on and. And he ended up in uh, Champagne-Asiac, so he, um, you know, he just continued that work at Champagne-Asiac, and it it, it, it uh, turned into that that program over there, you know. And, and then the hurdles with the with the college that you're dealing with, you know, you, it, they're understandable hurdles. Or what, uh, you know, like um, an institution, a post-secondary institution in particular, has has standards and you know a certain way of doing things, and and it, it becomes very um, isolated. Um, and the, the, you know the rigor is there, and it, that that's a good thing. But it, it it's not very open to trying new things or, or or looking at things in a different way. That's this way and that way, or the highway kind of stuff, you know. And that that does doesn't work when you're developing capacity, especially in the you know in the in the current day situation, you know, with the with the land claims that are fairly new, you know, thirty years is really really nothing in the state of a government so it's uh, you know it needed to be a different approach so that's uh, part of the background you know and um it it, it uh, yeah it was it was a fun fun time but i you know i just remember the good parts of it you know but there were some really supportive people here at the college and i and i think that's what what uh, what made it because you know, to look at things in a different way, especially in, in a post-secondary institution, um, you really have to take risks. It really takes uh, you out of the comfort zone, you know, and um, it, it's, uh, you know, sometimes leaves you open to get, you know, bashed around uh, quite easily by the, the standard or status quo. So it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult shift to make. But I think that, you know, Yukon College has done great, you know, with the uh, different programs that they've uh, they've been able to advance and put forward it's it's been great you know and and my varied experience you know around the table I was able to keep my hand in in the program each program development from a different perspective at the table you know and uh, you know when I was at uh, at the federal government for example was it was was sort of in the middle of, um, of the Champagne-Asiac kind of um, development of the executive program. So I was able to, to fund part of that and, and sit on this, the steering committee and, and develop it, you know, and as that morphed into, you know, and part of it isn't isn't just a college uh, changing to, to help implement. It's uh, the change in the, in the outside environment too, the, the, the people who, who are looking at the First Nation people non-First Nation people are, you know, how they perceive it and how they access it and, and you have to deal with them and and we just did it in very, very calculated baby steps, you know. We, we try something and and, and we, it would work, you know, and then we try it a little bit differently, broaden it out a little bit and get them, you know, people to accept it a little bit more and, and it, you know, it took time, it took years to, to do, eh? but uh, it, it was a very good process, you know. It was a, a college reaching out to, to reestablish the First Nation presence at the uh, at the managed senior management table because they they saw the need. 
you know, and it went from there. Uh, they developed a need. I I came in and and um, and began working with with different uh, programs, different deans, you know, different the presidents, and and slowly we we developed programs. It's a small program, you know, and and uh, worked our way through. And but uh, even before the uh, the Champagnesia Executive Development Program, there was a a thing called the uh, Environmental Officer Training Program. It's a little EDP program, eh? And that's where we took a lot of lumps and, and we kind of learned a lot of, of, of how to deliver the program because, um, you know, the majority of people that were out in First Nation land working on environment and and in that that type of work where, you know, sometimes had grade 10 education, so, you know, sometimes they were grade 12, but most of them were, you know, fairly uh, needed, required a bunch of upgrading to provide upgrading and then give a program, you know, you're, you're four years into it and, and they still have nothing to show for it. So we were trying to develop a program that provided some, some training and some skills so they could do their job and at the same time upgrade their their level it was a balancing act you know and and uh, and you know to get the college to accept that kind of a mixed role because it very much had you know upgrading capability and programs in the school and then it had the the uh, the formal kind of training on and education on on environment and those aspects of it but you know, very little of it was something pulled together. Right? By putting that those two together, it, it provided access for a lot of people to the program because they didn't have to go and upgrade for two or three years and then access a program. Then they've lost interest or lost their job or, 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 or you know, it's uh, um, three or four years is a long time in, in somebody's life, you know, and uh, and especially in the dynamics of First Nation, you know, where it was just, just implementing a, a, a self-government agreement, there's so many opportunities uh, that, you know, people move around, so... But that you know that give me a good understanding, sort of of the the some of the hurdles that jump, you know, with a registrar's office and the, the way the institution runs, you know, and um, and then recognizing, you know, there's a there's a role a registrar has to play, and but so you have to meet certain standards, you know, and in my mind, every program that I was involved in developing had to maintain standards. It was. You know, there was too many workshops and, and um, you know, just short things never led to anything, weren't, weren't able to, to put them together to, to turn into a certificate, to turn into a, a diploma, to turn into something. There was no, not really any laddering, you know, so it didn't provide much opportunity. So to try and build, build in, you know, some, some multiple entry and exit points. So if, if somebody was, was, um, in a, in a uh, say, for example, an executive training program, if they're only only interested in two or three or four components, they could take that and 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 use it. Go back to work, use it at work. They could merrily go along and, and work their their whole career, you know, in there. But if they wanted to come back and you know within a reasonable amount of time and put a few more together or a whole program together, then they'd have a certificate, you know. So it was it was very important to me to, to have these multiple uh, entry and exit points, eh? 
you know, you look at the demographic of the of the uh, UConn College. It wasn't young, smiling, shiny, eighteen-year-olds getting out of high school. It's you know, it was thirty, thirty-five-year-old. Um, individuals, a family and a, a career, you know, who were, they, they hit a ceiling um, and they, they needed to further their education in order to, to take the next step. And uh, there was, um, there's getting to be quite a, a, a lot of those type of people out there that are really at the ceiling, really um, pushing the boundaries of, of, of self-government implementation. And um, so, there, you know, there's a, need, a definite need for it there. The biggest gap, you know, uh, in education demographics certainly was with the First Nation community and still is. But um, it, it, you also require the, the other part of the the student body or the um, populace to, to understand and, and be able to operate within this new environment here. And, and uh, some, some um, you know, my experience is some departments are, are uh, embrace it, you know, and uh, really are, are trying and making an effort and, and others are um, ignoring it for one reason or another. But, you know, because... You know, for for a whole number of factors, they can and still do business, but it's slowly changing. You know, and uh, and uh, we're slowly slowly um, getting capacity and, and and getting the processes working uh, as they should be. And uh, and it, I think it's a, it's much better thing. You know. My name is Elizabeth Bosley. I was born and raised in the Yukon. My Tlingit name is Kachgeek. I'm a citizen of Tezen Tlingit Council and I'm from the Dakhlawedi clan. I have um, a long, rich history in the Yukon. Um, my mother was born on the Nasutland River in 1923 before the Alaska Highway was built. Well, in 1996, I uh, um, entered into the Yukon Native Teacher Education Program. I graduated in 2000 and uh, I never really wanted to work in elementary. So I set my sights on getting a job in adult basic education and then an opening happened in, at the time it was called Developmental Studies. It's now the School of Academic and Skill Development and uh, I was successful. So I spent the bulk of my teaching career at Yukon College, uh, teaching adult basic education. It was a, a rewarding and fulfilling career, definitely. Working with a lot of uh, Yukon First Nation students, uh, students from the Northwest Territories, had students from like Tuktoyaktuk, Inuvik, Ross River, Pelly Crossing, all across the Yukon. I did work for um, First Nations initiatives. I stepped in and did an acting director's position for about 10 months. Uh, that would have been back in 2007, 2008. I worked with John Reed, who was um, a community campus instructor from Mayo Campus. And together, him and I um, did some community consultation around the Yukon. We touched base with uh, all self-governing and non-self-governing First Nations um, and did a community consultation with them to determine what First Nations wanted or needed in order to build capacity within their governments. 
training was needed at all levels, like right from uh, administrative jobs right up to the senior management level. And that, um, you know, when you look at our governments, our First Nation governments, we're small from the moment we sign on the dotted line um, off our self-government agreements in our in our final land claims agreements. We move from a DIA-run government to a self-governing First Nation. That's a huge transition to make, and with that comes all of the demands of a government. So you have your you know your infrastructure, all of your departments. You know we we operate like a regular government. We as in Tezantlingit Council, because that's my First Nation. So, you know, we have a finance department, we have an education department, we have a human resource department, we have a capital and infrastructure department, we have people at all levels and all expected to do a job. And with that comes a whole bunch of training. So it was being able to um, sort of glean out um, that type of information and um, and bring it forward to Yukon College in a report. It was um, put out as the Sunrise Report. I believe there was something like 15 to 17 recommendations brought forward um, to Yukon College. And it was based, a lot of it had to do with training. Uh, some of it had to do with um, ensuring that there was First Nations staff at Yukon College, um, that there was a need for more. More staff at all levels at the college, and um, and to really build that relationship with Yukon First Nations. Another thing that we were tasked with was um, developing the President's Advisory Committee on First Nation Initiatives. So Yukon College had an education summit at that time. All First Nations came to the table. One of the biggest requests they made was to bring together a committee that was arm's length from the President's office that would also uh, provide guidance um, in regards to course outlines. Um, you know, our, our, a lot of our First Nation students attend Yukon College um, just, just to keep uh, ear to the ground on uh, the type of training that's coming forward and, and to provide um, feedback from a First Nations perspective. So we did the call out um, at the time, Terry Winninger was our president. We did the call out brought together um, that committee, and they are still functioning today. So that happened in about 2008, and we're now moving into uh, 2019, and that committee still meets on a, on a quarterly basis. So it's pretty rewarding to be a part of establishing that committee so that, um, you know, they were able to provide some constructive feedback and work in partnership with Yukon College uh, to bring uh, Yukon First Nation voice to that table. Well, you know, we, we did have some partnerships with First Nations. Um, they had the Northern Strategy Trust at that time, which was, um, you know, monies coming from the Yukon government um, for First Nations. And like at that time, uh, one of the one of the things that we were working with in partnership with um, the Champagne and Asiac First Nation was the Executive Development Program. It used to go by EDP. And so um, that program, they received funds through Northern Strategy Trust, and they were um, uh, wanting to embark on training for um, like executive development. So a lot of, um, I think, business administrative type of courses. And so um, at that time, we uh, sat at the table with um, Champagne and Asiac, Yukon government and um, First Nation initiatives, uh, plus instructional staff from Yukon College. 
And the whole premise, I believe, from the beginning of that program's development was to have that if it was successful, that it would actually uh, morph into something much bigger than that. And, and that's exactly what it's done, because today the executive development program morphed into the FNGPA, First Nation Governance and Public Administration Program, which I believe is now Yukon College's first homegrown degree program. So when you look at how much uh, change has happened and how much growth from, um, you know, a, a Northern Strategy Trust proposal between Champaign-Asiac, Yukon government and Yukon College has now become a degree program. So there's been lots of significant growth in regards to um, a First Nation presence at Yukon College, um, having been a student there, graduating from there, and then retiring from there in 2018. There's been so much change in a a fairly small period of time when you step back and, and take a look at the big picture, a lot has happened. We are humbled and grateful to the knowledgeable Yukoners who took their time to be a part of this project and to help tell this story. This audio story was produced by Leanne Chalikov for Yukon College. Original music is by Jonah Barr. Find us on iTunes or look for the next episode at ourpath.yukoncollege.yk.ca. And while you're there, you can sign up for notifications when a new story is released.